Hey, this is Ryan Bloom from Urban Bonfire. On today's episode of the Fireside Chat, John Culinary. Now, here's a guy who's really hard to define. He writes children's books. He is an unbelievable health and fitness advocate. He has worked on TV, HGTV and other. He's a star of social media and has incredible experience in design and construction. He's even just launched recently his own new firm, Lily Shea Design, as a true hands-on design build firm working in greater New Jersey, New York and other areas in the Northeast. I love this conversation with him. You're going to hear so much about his vantage point on television, design, what the consumer is looking for, and how he often has to really lay claim to what he believes is fundamentally right and in so doing right by his clients. I hope you enjoyed the episode. There are so many areas to start. I don't even know where to <laughs> begin. Um, so if it's okay, I'll just kind of roll into a couple things. Before anything, um, I, I'm going to get to your to, to your story, and I really want to hear about all of your experience and the different things. But sure. I feel like it would be um, insensitive of me to not talk about how things are in your in your family and in, in your community as yep. it relates to COVID. Obviously, huge impact in and around you know, everywhere now. I mean, it's not, uh, yeah. it's not New York, New Jersey, LA anymore. It, it's just everywhere. And uh, I had Anthony on, as you know, a few weeks ago and had a great talk with him and yeah. um, heard from him how the impact on his, on his wedding instead of going to Greece. I mean, just huge things for him. Yeah. But tell me if you can, just how are things in, in your world? Sure. Um, so you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, this is a, it's a very hard difficult situation to kind of work through, especially since we've been going through this for, for over a year now. Um, I actually, about a month ago, I, I got COVID. Um, so uh, for, for myself, uh, to be honest, I'm a healthy guy. It, it was not a big deal. Um, yeah. It was a two day, you know, fever, sweats. Um, I never had any respiratory issues. Um, it was just like a, like the, like the normal flu that, yep. that, that, that you would kind of get. I had a fever that was a hundred. I was achy. I was tired, things like that. But I, I bounce back fast. Um, it's kind of how I am whenever I get sick. If I, I don't get sick a lot, if I do, I, I can bounce back fast, but I'm young, I'm healthy. I work out a lot. So for yep. me, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, my wife got it. It, it, it definitely hurt her a little more. She lost like her taste and her smell, things like that, that you do hear that never happened to me at all. Um, so she didn't have that for about like a week to week and a half. Um, and the effects lingered with her a little more. She has some, some respiratory issues. She always gets it this time of year, no matter what's going on. So um, it affected her that way. And nothing happened to my kids. Z like zero. They were perfect. Um, thank God. You hear that a lot, of course, that you hear kids don't really get it. Um, if they do yeah. get it, it's a, especially younger. All my kids are younger. They're, I have a, I have a six-year-old and one and a half, they're yeah. not teenagers or anything like that. So sure. any of the younger kids you do hear, it, it doesn't affect them much, which is great. Yeah. Um, they didn't get anything. They didn't even get running noses. They, they, had they call them I mean, the uh, they call them the super spreaders because uh, yeah. they're in daycares and schools. They have no idea, never show any form of of, yep. of symptom, and yet the spreading. I have a four year old, so I know exactly how uh, you know. Our family we've been very lucky. None of us have uh, gotten it, but uh, I don't know anybody Great. who has not been affected. You know, my brother, sister in law, did. I mean, it's just and, and to your point, it's uh, one of those things that. You know, it, it's 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 math, right? So young, healthy, yeah. you, your wife worse, but the the person who's compromised or that, uh, you know, it's uh, well, it's the older and it, and 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 you know, out of all this, my my father in law, he got it. Now he's close to seventy, has mm -hmm. respiratory issues. He had to go to the hospital because yeah. um, it it really affected. He always gets a very very bad cough every mm -hmm. winter. So when he got this, it was even worse um, and it just wouldn't go away. So they, they put him on some of the steroids and, and some of the treatments that they do have out now. Um, yeah. And it helped in about two to three days. He saw a major, uh, major improvement of his health and, and, and that was it. So, 
you know, it's, you really just have to watch, you know, our, our older um, generation people that have those pre existing conditions. Those are the ones that really get affected by it. And um, you know, it's just, it's working through it, man. It's, you know, and, and I give my wife a lot of credit, you know, I'm, I'm working down here. I'm, I'm downstairs in the basement, you know, my clients and thank God work has been very busy. Our industry mm. ha- has been uh, booming for all intents and purposes. Um, but, you know, like my daughter who's six, she can't, she's not in school right now. Um, they, they've been doing half days, but they've had a lot of different you know, situations where some teachers came down with it and they've kind of said, all right, now we're going all to zoom. It's, it's very difficult. That, that is the hardest part. Um, especially being six, yep. trying to learn to read and write. Um, you know, she comes to me, she's like, daddy, I don't want to do zoom anymore. I'm yep. bored. I'm tired. Um, she came out the other day. She's like, I, I sort of fallen asleep at the computer and I'm, and, and it breaks my heart because there's so many fun things. I know if she was in school between art and gym and, and all these activities that they would do throughout the day that I know she would love. And, and, and that's what really crushes me because she can't do that. It is, it is, you're absolutely right. And I think that we have not even begun to realize the effects this will have. Yeah. I also have a, uh, I have a son who just turned 15 who's an avid, avid hockey player. I mean, you know, five times a week on the ice yeah. and to not have that, it's, it's not just the, the camaraderie and, and the competition, just to not have that physical body movement. Correct. It's, you know, the idea of inspiration that, you know, everyone's going to be like Rocky and doesn't need anyone around them to go out <laughs> and work out for two, three hours. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, it's, it's tough to replace the social aspect of activities, whether it's art or, or dance or ballet or, or hockey or, or whatever that may be. You're a hundred percent. Very tough. I, I remember myself in high school and in sports was ever, I, you know, I played football, I played baseball. I was very involved in it. Um, and if I look back and I think if I didn't have that yeah. and, and, and my structure was not there because it, you know, it, it sports makes it very, you know, it, it's a structured day for you, you know, like, okay, school's out. Maybe you yep. have an hour or two, you can get some homework done, but then you practice and then practice is over. You have to get your, you know, you, you have to do those things or you fall behind. Yep. Um, not having that, that really, I think mentally, especially as a teenager, that would have really uh, put me in some, some spots of, of depression and things that I, I would have, wouldn't have been used to. So it, it's, and you're right. I think the effects we don't know right now. We, we, you have no clue because it's not going to happen until down the road. And, you know, we're just going to have to do our best and be there for our kids because it, it's, it is a difficult, difficult road ahead. It is, it is indeed. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess I, I don't even like the term silver lining because that's, that's really, it's really not this, there's no silver lining in, in people's yep. hardship, obviously. But I think the one, uh, the counter experience to what's going on is I think that it's changed a lot of the way that people work and yes. the focus that people are putting into things, projects like their homes, uh, renovations, things like that, that really fall into your world. Um, and I want to unpack that with you a little bit if I, if I can, yep. uh, you know, in looking at all the different things that you do and you have done and preparing for today, it really dawned on me why Joe Rogan needs two and a half, three hours to record an episode of his podcast. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> to unpack here. And, 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 but like, first of all, I want to hear about your story just sort of growing up. And, and I learned for, you know, a lot from Anthony as well, but yep. you know, here's a guy who has, you know, first of all, hugely dedicated to fitness. And I've watched some of your stuff on, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> you have co-authored a children's book. You yes. are a uh, frequent star of shows like uh, on HGTV. You've been on Ellen. You've been on Rachel Ray. You have your own design build firm. Yep. You look like you have a very full plate yet in every aspect, you look like you're loving the shit out of what you're doing every <laughs> single moment. So it's really inspirational and it's a nice thing to see. Um, take me back if you can a little bit yep. and just how you sort of got here, your family story, what drove you into this, just a little bit about you. Sure. Um, so, you know, growing up, um, I think that the first experience for myself 
um, in architecture and design. I had a drafting class in high school. Um, I loved it. It was, it was one of those things. It was an elective that I had to choose. I didn't really even understand what drafting was. Um, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to take it. And my teacher, Mr. Drabinsky was this, he was a great personality, uh, you know, very interactive. He loved architecture, uh, introduced me to Frank Lloyd Wright for the first time. You know, no clue who this is, uh, seeing falling water, describing it and, and going through all these different, and, it, and it, it's like one of those moments when you're younger in high school, you don't even know what you like yet until someone introduces it to you. Then it kind of it, it kind of hits that 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 light bulb that's that that's inside your head. You're like, oh, okay, that that I, I like that. Um, and as we started creating our own homes and drafting and, and layouts, I really started to get a, a passion for it. So that's really early on is kind of when it when it started for me. Um, going into college, I think like a lot of high school seniors. I was unsure. Um, you know, yes, your, your guidance counselors try to nurture you and they say, oh, maybe you should look at this. You should look at, but I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I took general business classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to Penn State University, loved it. It was uh, an amazing experience. Um, you know, I constantly go back. I'm involved w- with the alumni there. And when I graduated from college, I had this business degree. Um, I also had a a labor law degree as well to to go along with it. I thought I was going to get into labor law, human resources, something in in, in that nature. Um, And I did. Right when I came out of college, I started working for a Fortune 500 company. Um, Mm -hmm. And as the years went on, I was like, I'm not really into this. This isn't a a passion for me. This isn't something that that I love. Uh, Now, Every single summer of college, I would come home. My summer job was working construction. I had a lot of uncles in the industry, so it was great money. Um, I got paid very well, so I was like, "All right, you know what? Absolutely, I you know I I could do hard labor, uh, you know, playing sports and working out. It was it, it was no it was no problem for me. I got to be outside, so I I loved it. So once college is over, I have these jobs that I'm not into. One of my uncles that had a construction firm, Anthony's father, um, mm-hmm. my uncle Greg approached me. He's like, John, he goes, you know, our construction firm is growing. We're doing a lot of uh, design work, project management, development work. We need someone that is highly motivated, has experience, ha- literally has worked in the field, but has that business background. Because I, just, he's like, I really need you in the office. I need you yep. to be a project manager. I need you to order uh, the procurement of materials on some of these mid-rise buildings because we had 22 units. Uh, you know, some buildings, some some units, some buildings were five or six or seven units. He's like, I need someone to kind of manage all that, and that's when I started working for Anthony and, and my uncle's company, and I mm-hmm. really got into it. Um, as soon as I got into it, it was one of those things I loved working there. One because my cousin was there, mm-hmm. um, and. Anthony and I, you know, we've, we've been best friends since high school. We went to the same high school together. He would drive me to high school. So we have all these great experiences. And then we really got to be uh, working side by side on a, on a professional uh, manner and nature. And it was great. And, and we started to build that company, um, really take it a step further because we got involved in the design aspect of designing all the interiors of these condo units that we were doing as well as building them. So it, we became a real design build firm, which when I look back in 2009, 2000, well, actually I started in 2007. Um, yes, there were design build firms, but I feel over the past 10 to 15 years, they've really come yes. much further. You know, it, 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 was, it was done, but it's not being done how it is now. Most well, people want to be architect. It's addressing consumer trend in many ways, yeah. right? I mean, all of us want, I shouldn't say all, the vast majority of people want to do more business with fewer companies and yeah. don't want the broken telephone and the lack of cohesion between, I need this firm for design and this firm for build and this firm yeah. for the kitchen and this firm for landscape and somebody else for lighting. And it's like, who's the quarterback of this of this entire thing? And the ultimate result for so many of the consumers and why I think, 
if you do a survey of thousands of consumers, very few will say my design construction project was, process was awesome. Yeah. They, <laughs> most people point to the issue of finger pointing. The designer blames the contractor, the contractor blames the, and it all spins around and the yep. consumers goes around and around. So, I think you were really ahead of it. And I think that is, especially on the condo where you're adding so much value to that person coming in, that it's all being done in the same place. I I think it's really, it was very much ahead of the curve. Well, well, plus even with our condos, when we were doing it, then um, we were designing and specking in things that you normally you would not see. It wasn't just your builder grade materials. Um, You know, we were, we were doing, uh, you know, the quartz countertop before quartz countertops, people were even talking about that. Everyone still yep. was like, oh, the black granite, black granite. You're like, no, we're going to do quartz. It's This is the new material that you should be installing going yep. through. Of course, we don't need to go through all the benefits. You know, we were doing Bosch appliances, uh, you know, ban- bamboo floors, but but mm-hmm. but with the strand woven bamboo, which is much harder than the regular. But, you know, we're, we're doing all the putting in tankless hot water heaters. You know, back in 2007, people were like, well, what's a tankless hot water heater? Right. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it was very, very different. Um, we actually had, uh, you know, one of the, the, the major developers here in the U.S., Toll Brothers, came into our building and one of their VPs was, he's like, oh, my God, you know, what are you guys, this is, we haven't seen this before because they were doing everything so cookie cutter. And you've seen companies like a Toll Brothers um, or any of the large major publicly traded companies, they've gone much more down that custom design route now. Now, when you go to their buildings, they have four different packages, five packages. Oh, you can get the upgraded one that, because they realize they have to set themselves apart. You can't just give everybody the same old, same old. You walk into one unit, it looks the same as the unit down, the, you know, down the hallway there, or the one on on the fifth floor. This it's got to be a little different. People want mm-hmm. that and they'll pay for it. They literally yep. will pay the extra money and the upgrades because they want theirs to be set apart. Absolutely. And I think that these big companies like you're referring to, and this is not just Toll Brothers. I think this is Apple. I think this is Tesla. They don't have so many choices that the layperson can't pick between three or four things. They make it very curated. They make the experience easy, but it's not like, well, here's a white box, go hire a designer and, you know, enjoy it. And I think that is very much aligned with how people want to shop and how they want to buy today from home to car, to appliance, to, to clothing, to a a bunch of different things. I I just think it's very much in line with how people want to experience things, at least in the, in the majority segment, there's always going to be the outliers, but in those, in that big chunky piece of the curve, That's exactly how it's exact. It's one of the reasons why in our system, as I'm sure is sure, you know, we don't offer 15 door styles and 25 colors. We keep it simple and we can back up why. And that means that we know for sure there is a chunk of the population that is not right for our product. And we're okay with that because like you did trying to serve the, the majority and work sort of work the math. Yeah. And, And it's, and it's interesting because, you know, working at my uncle's construction company, being a project manager, doing the multifamily units, which is, it's, it's a very difficult process. There, there's so many moving pieces. And then going into shows like HGTV, which started in 2011, but they're, they're, that also had a very difficult learning curve uh, as well. Um, and, for, and for my cousin and I, you know, we were going, we were taking our knowledge of construction design, now going into a TV space, which is very different, um, mm-hmm. but it taught us a lot a, a, as well. And when I when I look at all the things that I did working a normal construction job, the design job, then going into an entertainment TV aspect, and now with my own d- design firm, it's kind of set me up along the way to take the best of all these and mm-hmm. really put it and put it to use. When we were doing all of our HGTV shows, they were at such a fast clip. I, I remember when we first started, they're like, oh, you can do a kitchen. Uh, our very first show, Kitchen Cousins. Oh, we can do the kitchen in, in, in three weeks. Then when we started doing like Cousins on Call, Cousins Undercover, we start going to all these other shows. They wanted, whether it was a kitchen, 
uh, a whole first floor of, of, of the first uh, of the first floor of the home. They wanted it done in like three days, <laughs> a full build and inspected. I mean, yep. I mean, I'm not like, no, no, no exaggeration. Um, you know, we were doing these kitchens, which the kitchen ended up being like the whole first floor. Cause you take on the walls and, you know, we're getting them totally done four days shot everything you're, you know wrapped up over because they can't spend the money on the production and there and there's a, a big value in that um that taught us so much about the planning process be, be, before be, beforehand when, and when i say that is we would order design have everything done two to three months before we step foot into that homeowner's house and everything would be in a box truck waiting outside when we started construction. So the guys were just working. It wasn't like, oh man, we didn't order this. Oh, we got to run. Yes, there, of course, there's little odds and ends. You got to run to a, a hardware store and get something. But sure. your finished materials, everything was 100% done. And I've taken that knowledge. And then I go into my own design build firm and it's set it up the perfect way because I am showing my clients, you have to do that now. Otherwise, you're going to have major delays in your construction projects. And it sounds so basic, yep. but I cannot tell you how many people do not do anything like that at all. I, I see it every single day and even more so amplified on outdoors. Do you know how often we have clients, designers, retailers, you know, coming to us with a project for a kitchen and there is a sink specified and nobody told the consumer to run drainage or water lines yeah. out to that site. And now they've yeah. got to either forego that, which means they're compromising and they've just built this home of their dreams, yep. or they've got to spend a huge amount of money, retear stuff up just to get back to that happens all the time. And, and I really think that it comes down to the idea of broad stroke planning on a home and an overall spatial environment that is not yes historically compartmentalized the way it has been where indoor and outdoor are often these kind of two, they're two pieces of the, of the puzzle, but they don't often come together in the planning phase early on, on, yep. on paper. Um, and I'll, I want to come back to that in a sec, but you bring up HGTV and, and, and the, the role of being on television in this kind of celebrity and star like way with Anthony and, I told Anthony the same story and, and I got his feedback and I really want yours because I think it's an important point. Yeah. Um, back in 2014 or 15, it was our first couple of years of business. We were still just serving the local market here in, in Montreal. Uh, a producer invited us to be part of a new reality show uh, where we were going to be outdoor space activators and we put our entire display kitchen into our trailer. We drove it to Toronto down, you know, six hour drive and did this pilot or what they called this, this teaser sort of yep. Uh, thing. Yep. Little sizzle. And yep. Little sizzler. Exactly. And we were there for two, three days filming and learned about firsthand what it's really like to do that. And I found myself at the end of the day, relatively frustrated that I was being, I was being encouraged to play a character, not to play me. I couldn't say this. You can't show that. You can't do a close-up on this because the logos can't be shown. Like all of this type of stuff. And they made, the, they made it. And when I was told that it didn't get picked up, I really breathed a sigh of relief because I said it was so unnatural for me to play a character and have to not necessarily follow a script, but show a lot of exuberance and excitement when they come out the door and like this, this sort of yeah. artificial thing. Yeah. What was it like for you? Because you're a very, you're a dynamic guy. You got a lot of personality. How does that get channeled into a way that is manageable for you? And at the yeah. same time, something that the network or the production companies can Absolutely. leverage and, and, and want to invest in. It, it, it's, a, it's a great question. It, uh, so our first television show kitchen cousins um when we showed up on site our executive our executive producer uh showrunner um which who is still one of our best friends to, to this day nick he came up to us anthony and i are two guys we have no clue you know yes i know construction and design but 
no clue. I mean, I got, you know, there's somebody's coming over. He's putting a mic up my shirt. He's like, oh, I'm going to mic you up here. I got a camera guy over here. Another camera, you know, like two, two, three camera guys. There's all these different people saying things. They're talking. And I was, I, I was shocked. I was kind of like, okay, you know, what's, this is, this is a lot here. It's a lot, it's a lot to kind of take in. And um, Nick pulled us aside. He's like, guys, look, he goes, I've been doing this a long time. I've produced a lot of di different shows, a lot of reality shows, things like this. I want you to be you. Don't do anything else. I'm not going to give you things to say. I'm not going to give you direction. If I need you to say it again, because if, if the camera guy wasn't in the right shot or area, because he's watching on his little uh, you know, little, little TV that, that he stand he has. So he sees kind of all the different cameras. He knows how it can get edited. That's what a good showrunner does. You know, he understands um, there's a, you know, editing is a massive, massive part in oh. this process. Um, so when he said that, I was like, you know what? Thank you. I, I was like, I really appreciate you saying that. He goes, well, interact with this client, how you would interact if the cameras weren't here, he goes, I want it to be authentic. I want it to be real. And that was the best piece of advice I could have ever gotten when I started this career in media, because that's who I've been. I've always been myself on camera. I'm a passionate person. I love what I do. My wife always yells at me. She's like, you, you sound like you're yelling all the time. I'm like, I'm Italian. I talk loud. It's just the way it is. I use yeah. my hands. You can see me here. I'm sitting down. I use my hands a lot. Um, yeah. it's just, it's just who I am. And I, I think it, it's one of those things, especially on TV, so many shows come and go. I mean, that's, this is, that's just the way it goes. We yeah. all watch our, our, our Netflix shows, Amazon, Hulu, whatever it is, you know, you, you see these shows, they're constantly new coming, going couple seasons yeah. here. That's it. They're over. Um, and people can tell the real ones from the fake ones and the people and the personalities they, they really fall in love with. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. If you're true to yourself, if you're true to your, to, to your design, you're going to, you're going to succeed. You're going to do well. And I really feel that's why our shows did so well lasted for, you know, over six, seven years, you know, doing close to a hundred episodes that mm -hmm. they did so well because we were us and we were doing exactly what we would do to a client that would walk into our office at, out of the blue. That's just, that's just the way it was. Are there certain things that, that are set up? Yeah. You have to set it up because they need to get shots. That's, that's given, yeah. but sure. our personalities talking to the clients, it's exactly how I, I would talk to any of my clients and how I do talk to them uh, today with any of the projects that I have going on now. So it's an interesting thing because you're, you're talking about the, the fusion or the intersection of, of entertainment and client experience. And I've asked this question to some other guests and, and I want to get your thoughts on it because yep. if you go back to, you know, 2007, 2008, nine, when you were really sort of getting started and things, things were rolling at, at that point, there was social media. Wasn't really a thing. At no, that point. it's so fun. You're, Pinterest, it's crazy. Yes. Nothing. Pinterest, nothing. House, uh, restoration, hardware, uh, yep. uh, reality shows. And at that point, I believe, and, and I could be wrong and it's, it's not a loaded question. I want your, I want your thoughts on it yeah. that the architecture designer, one of their key areas of, of specialty or one of their key roles, if even not, if necessarily defined contractually was to, basically ask the right questions or allow the client to download to them what is the vision. Sure. They cut, and I remember cutting out magazines. You'd go to the yep. magazine shop and you'd yep. cut and you'd build these kind of vision yep. boards. And it was a huge part of identifying what is the client's vision so you could then take that and using creativity, resources, education, experience, weave together the future of what that vision was going to be. 100%. Today, that same consumer prior to meeting with architect, design professional, design build firm has at their fingertips every possible resource from web to YouTube to brand manufacturers who are now doing everything they can to get into the psychology and the vocabulary of the consumer. Yep. As someone who is in the design build industry, 
Do you see this as positive, negative? You wish there was a hybrid? Has it ever been a hamstring factor for you where I wish they hadn't spent hours on Pinterest because now I can't really deploy the same level of creativity that I might have if they had not. Help me understand that as it relates to you. Great question. Um, I think it is a double-edged sword. I like that my clients can go on and show me things. I also ask them to show me things that I do not like because I feel that's that's also that's that's something that's that's very important. I always explain to my clients from the very onset. I want you to look at my prior work. You go into my website, you see what I've done. You have to understand me. I am a designer. I always want to give my client what they want. But at the end of the day, I'm also human. I'm going to choose things and pick things that that I like. It's just it's in my nature. How how would I turn that off? It's it's, in, it's impossible. It's, it's it's totally impossible. I can tell you if if you really are giving me two choices, it's not my style. I'll tell you the one I like best out of the choices that that, that you give me. So I try to really explain to my clients. They can go on. They can give me the, these these inspirations. But at the end of the day you are paying me, you are asking for my opinion to curate and to make something that, that, that you want. When I go, for example, even I always give this example, when people go to a doctor, if I go to a doctor, I can go online, right? I can go to WebMD. I can mm-hmm. read all up on it. I can make like, I know what I'm talking about. No clue what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. it's the internet. And yeah. every doctor you talk to, they're like, please, don't always believe what's on WebMD because, you know, it's wrong a lot too. Um, I say the same thing to my clients. Everything you see online is not the reality and it's not what you're thinking. You know, they'll look at pictures. I'm like, pictures are so deceiving. That's why when people people go to look and buy homes, they're like, man, the house looked a lot larger than, you know, I was looking, I was going, I was going online and I can't believe it's that much smaller. I'm like, well, it's a photographer using uh, you know, a wide, uh, a wide angle lens or a fisheye, they have to use that stuff because how are they going to fit in the entire room? It's just the way it goes. Um, there's so many things I give an education to my clients before they are bombarding me with all, all, all of these things. It's the only way we can keep things on a, on a sane level because it gets way out of control. I can go into a tile store my client's head could explode because there's thousands and thousands of tile. I, I know how to steer them in the right direction and say, no, 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 no. We're going to choose you know, three or four here. The example you gave before, those, those big developers that are building across America, they have three or four different plans that you can choose from because people go insane. Your own brand, your own company, there's a couple uh, finishes that you can pick from handles. That's it. That's it. We can't, we can't go down this rabbit hole because you do have clients that cannot make decisions. That's why a professional like myself is here. I am here to make the decision for you to let you know, it's going to be okay. I promise you it's going to work out. All right. You know, we're not, uh, we're not going to the moon here. We're not, it isn't, is it the, isn't the most complicated stuff. I yep. promise you we will make the right decision. Um, and, and that's it. And that's really what it, what it kind of comes down to. And, and as a manufacturer in that, in that space, uh, you've done enough work with product development and manufacturers to know when you're in the ultra custom business and there are companies who do it extremely well, but yeah. the operational risk of making one of anything is really, really, really high. If you're a sure. custom suit maker, shirt maker, those types of things, I mean, the risk on that, you better be really good at it. And that's a very, very difficult business and model to scale. It's just, it's just the way, it's just the way, the way it goes. So yep. I completely agree that adding more value and adding that level of, of curation is often done by actually having fewer choices that are more responsible or well thought out than here are 200 different countertops. Let's go through them and pick. I mean, that to me is baffling. That is not the experience that I am, that I am looking for as a consumer. Well, well, I have, I have a group, uh, I have a group of 
vendors and materials, subcontractors, even, I mean, like, you know, it, it goes all the way across. Those are things I use on a regular basis that I have used that, that I like, um, that I've used on prior projects. So when my clients, they might go online and find something that, that comes from, I, I don't even know where it comes from. It just comes mm-hmm. out from a, a website I've never heard of. Yep. I'm like, look, you can buy anything online. There's anything you want. You could literally buy online, but guess what? I don't know that company. I don't, I don't know the product. I haven't used it. I don't know the quality in it. Oh, they're like, but the price is better. And it looks very similar to what, okay, well, let's, let's understand. There's, there's a lot of things. Yes. They're cheaper because they're made with inferior products. They're, they're, they're not on the, on the quality level. They're not going to live up to what I do. I am telling you a product or products that I like because I know what they do. I know the quality of them. I know why they cost this because they are going to withstand the test of time. And I yeah. really explain that to my clients all, all, all the time. And, and unless, and I spoke to Anthony about the, the idea and the, the sort of negative connotation of the term flipping uh, was one of the things that we talked about in, in our discussion. But unless you're really in the, in the business of flipping, if you take the delta in cost between the less expensive, inferior, not known product in any category, whether it's tile, kitchen, toilet, appliance, yep. I don't care what it is. And the delta to the type of product or brand that you would be recommending or putting your your name on saying, I trust that this is something that I think we should be using. If you amortize the delta in that cost over the lifespan of how long they're going to use it and you break it down that way, the difference becomes, you know, in many cases, less than a cup of coffee. Yep. Over Agreed. time 100%. versus the, the enjoyment quotient is a consistent thing because- it's one of those big areas, especially in outdoor, and and it is it's actually a really good segue. I now want to talk a lot about your experience in working in outdoor in, in your projects. Yep. That over the last ten years, the the growth in availability of outdoor space activation tools and appliances and equipment, um, and the quality of these items has improved. So substantially that it's remarkable yeah. from fabrics to furniture to flat screens to lighting to sound to all these types of things. Yep. But the quality of outdoor is so unbelievably important because, especially in the Northeast where we both are, the weather has a major, major impact on how stuff lasts, how it weathers, maintenance. No, I'm, I'm, looking at, like I'm looking out my window right here and it is, it is snowing extremely, extremely hard right now. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, and it's not something that, John, and, and you know, it's not something that's unique to just snow. It could be Miami and what's the impact of the yep. salt spray on my stuff. So every region yep. has its own, I guess, I want to come back to, you know, you started getting really rolling in this industry in 07, 08, 09. Yeah. And if you were to take a look back compared to today, what is the relationship of outdoor space in your projects has the consumers request demand knowledge desire for outdoors have you seen a fundamental shift in that what they're willing to invest the prioritization of outdoors how does that factor in now comparatively to where it has over the course of your 15 almost 15 year career in this yep. in this space so i we so when we Back in the day, like you were saying, 2007, 2008, we were definitely doing outdoor kitchens. Um, it wasn't uh, a regular ask by by clients. We definitely were getting it. It's more of a higher end client um, would definitely want it because they wanted to have this outdoor kitchen space. Now, shift to 2020, 2021, you see what's happened, of course, with COVID, people staying home inside their home. That's why our industry's uh, been on such an on such an uptick because people want to update their homes. Now people are saying, well, you know, going on those vacations, going away, I don't know if I'm really going to be doing that as as much as I as I used to be doing. And the outdoor space, especially even outdoor kitchens, has become really more uh, a centralized option 
four people to pick. It's not just your your high-end clientele. It is your middle of the road, someone saying, hey, you know what? I want an outdoor kitchen. I, I have family that, that, that comes over. I have a large family. I want to interact and blur the line of indoors and outdoors. And that's been the biggest thing. We've We've always, Anthony and I, back in the day, we always, always talked about blurring that line, adding mm-hmm. the, the correct amount of, of windows and doors that allow you to really open up the space because that's really what it's about. If, if you're having true, true living spaces that are becoming one with the outdoors, and then I'm, I'm going to take it back another step further. When, you, when I talked about Frank Lloyd Wright, that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. When you look at any of his architecture, he always blurred that line of the indoors and outdoors. And it really has become, I think, full circle because so many people want that now. They want to be able to walk outside. It feels like their home. The same yeah. colors, the same materials they have inside are just an extension outside. And, mm-hmm. and yes, yes, you're outside, but you get a little taste of what is inside your house. And when I'm designing, I'm constantly doing that. I'm trying to take some of those materials, use them outside, but you you can say, oh, wait, didn't I just see that inside, in, inside the kitchen or the bathroom or wh- whatever room they were in? Now I'm seeing it outside. And it's little tricks like that, that, that play that, 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 that trick on your mind. And it makes it feel so fluid as you walk throughout a house. Um, and there's so many people that, that want that. And I've seen it, I mean, last summer, I had so many people contact me like, I want an outdoor space. I want a, a, a new deck, a new, new kitchen. This, and, um, and it really, I think it's something that's only going to keep on getting stronger. Yes. On the current environment, but I think people have said, Oh, I can afford that. I, I, I can do this now. The material yeah. costs, like you said, have come down. There's so many more options. They can actually experience that. Um, you know, people want the fire pits, the pizza oven, you know, pizza mm-hmm. ovens, Pizza ovens used to be that thing like, oh my God, it's such a big ordeal. It costs yep. you know, $20,000 just for a pizza oven. It's, it's a yep. really luxury item. No more. I mean, you nope. could go on pizza ovens now. They're somewhere a couple hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. You can get them and people are making their own custom pizzas everywhere now. Totally agree with you. And I think that's one of the great things about the, the growth in outdoor options and it doesn't have to be just, it doesn't have to be expensive stuff. That's the nice thing about it. You know, yep. the ability to activate outdoor space, if you look at it per square foot, in, in, in my experience, one of the lowest cost to experiential maximization out of anything you can do it. Think about what, you know, what is the cost of building an indoor kitchen and dining room, for example? Yeah. Now you take that cost, on a per square foot basis and try to do the same thing outdoors. And usually you're 25 cents on the dollar. It's huge and it's free space. And I think you're right. I think that this is just sort of getting started. And I think that it was, there are an awful lot of people who have beautifully, beautifully designed homes and the outdoors was never necessarily a priority. Uh, They went away, whatever the reasons. And now realizing it's the 2.0, of the home where they can now add this entirely new room and think about their overall space, home and land in a completely different context than they would have just a few years ago. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's, and also I know you were touching on before you were talking about, you know, you know people and, and when they're, when they're planning out their, their spaces, you're, you're not having a contractor or designer tell you, Hey, you should put this, material here, or, you know, you got to make sure that the water lines are running and all all these different things. And it's so funny because my clients, the ones in the kitchen that I did with Urban Bonfire for, for the project, I know we're going to show some pictures and you're going to show that, but um, those clients did exactly what you said, no planning. They literally had to not, or when they contacted me, we had to knock down all of the old work because there was nothing done in the proper fashion. They literally kind of took $30,000 and lit it on fire because none of it could be used. And um, it's so funny when, when I got there, I shouldn't even say funny, but it's, it's, it's just, you know, the the homeowner, all they could at this point was laugh because they're like, 
if not, I'm just going to cry nonstop because I wish I met someone like you and we had this planning process for the outdoor space because we know we wanted it to be an extension of the inside and to make it so easy. Even if you're going to phase it, even if you know, look, time, budget, I can't touch the outdoors for two years, put in the roughs so at least they're there. And, you know, the Delta, that 30,000 is probably, you know, at time of construction, five yeah. Versus to, it's, it's just the savings are, are remarkable. I, yeah. What? Obviously, you had an experience working with Urban Bonfire's product for, for the clients. And, you know, you've posted some beautiful pictures of it. And thank you. I, I really you. I appreciate that. Um, but I also know that you are, and, and I've looked from your, you know, you have a huge social media following and the amount of content you put out is, is remarkable. So when you have that amount of, when you have that number of followers and you have that amount of attention on you, there is an inherent responsibility that you can't necessarily put out stuff that you don't believe in because you're an authority on something. So of course. I can tell from your Instagram and other areas that you post about things that are meaningful and true to you, whether it's pictures of materials, how you've integrated pictures of your family, events, things of this, yeah. this type. What was the experience like for you uh, overall? Um, I just, I would love to hear about the, the decision, the, 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 how it was positioned to the client, uh, why it made sense compared to all the other options. You must've had a lot of options at your fingertips. Why did it make sense to you to go this route on the outdoor cooking area in terms of your appliance Uh, selection, your pizza ovens? Sure. So, you know, it, it, it was one of those things, you know, when I first got there and I was talking to my clients, they, um, they're right around my age. They have four kids. You know, I, I get the whole backstory. I try to learn how they really interact outside. And they were telling me like, yeah, we were, you know, we, we thought we were going to build the kitchen at a block and, and then, and face it in the stone. And they were going through and I, and I allow my clients to kind of divulge and tell me all this because I have to take it all in. And once I started hearing all that and I heard how much they spent, how much time they spend outside and parties and this and that, I was telling like, guys, I I think you're going down the wrong road here. I think for your style, coming into your home, seeing what you like, um, understanding a little bit about you. We were talking about how they used to live in Hoboken, Jersey City, and how they they love the urban living, and now they're out in the suburbs because of the kids and the school systems. You know, I'm taking it all. I'm taking it all, the the full scope of it. And I said, well, how cool would it be to have a contemporary-looking kitchen uh, cabinet manufacturer here that has no maintenance, nothing for you to do? Um, I said, you know, I, I know I can pair it and, and all the other materials, countertops, sinks, appliances. I know, I'm like, I know how I can make this really all come, come together for you and look and feel something very different, not your normal thing. You're going to see when you go to other friends and families house, you know, what they have on their, in their backyard. I said, I want something different for you guys. And they're like, they're like, we like different. We, we, we don't want what everybody else has. And I said, well, I, I think I, I, I have the, the right product and the right company for you that we can use it as our anchor mm-hmm. and then base everything else around it. And when I first showed them pictures of your product, of, of your kitchen, you know, it was kind of, they, they just lit up. They're like, Thank wow, we never, we never knew there was materials out there like this yeah. that look like this, have this contemporary feel this sophisticated feel um you know they're like we always thought it had to be at a you know block and brick and stone and that's just the way and i said well that's what that's the beauty of this i said that's the beauty of this material and there's zero maintenance there's nothing you you have to worry about you you've you've brought something up that's important and this is in no way a plug for bonfire far from it It, it's the last thing but what you've touched on a, a very important point as it relates to, to what we do. And when you think about the term kitchen in an indoor environment, obviously cooking is one of the elements that happens in the kitchen, but a lot of other things do too. 
it's where, you know, we talk to our kids, where the kids do their homework, where I talk to my wife, uh, where the, you know, where the study list is up, where the calendar yeah. is. It is really sort of the, the epicenter of our lives, not just cooking. And I think for a really long time, flip, as you said earlier, through that glass door or that nano wall or whatever it is that is being used yeah. to blur those lines. And you were in the idea then where kitchen was all about cooking. It didn't have those actual elements that are so important indoors. And that has really been our, our goal. And it's been to sort of have that outdoor cooking, entertainment, gathering space and let it be on the same level of importance or significance as indoor. And I wanted to compliment you on your design because, you know, one of the things that often happens outdoors is people cram in as many appliances as they can. I want a grill and a burner and a fridge and a pizza yeah. oven, and it's all going to be in seven feet. Yeah. And I wanted to compliment you because you put a lot of time and attention into the things that are actually really important the counter space, the view corridors, like a pizza oven without counter space is not a pleasure. It's just no, not. Not at all. And it was very apparent in your layouts and your plans and designs that you were very thoughtful and mindful about those very traditionally indoor focused design elements like that, that you applied into the outdoor realm. And I wanted to compliment you because I see you. them. I see it when, when they come in. Yeah, and I appreciate that, and that's that's something I really took the time to to explain to my clients when they were saying, "Hey, we want a pizza oven." Like I said before, they have four young kids. They're like, "Oh, this is gonna be a fun experience for them." And I said, "Well, hey, look, you're not that pizza oven. You need the countertop space. You need to have an area where you know you know you have four kids plus adults. That's six. You know, if you have family friends over, everyone's lining up pizzas ready to come in. They're coming out." I said, you need to have that, and especially when you're entertaining, you need to have that, that countertop space. And those are all things that I kind of went through with them, you know, learning about them, learning how they function as a family and how much time they do spend outside. And they, you know, once, once the spring comes around, they're like, we are outside constantly, almost every yep. night we are yep. grilling and that's where our food is coming from. Our, our, they're like, our kitchen appliances really aren't used much anymore. Mm -hmm. they, it's sure. really, it's, they're using that kitchen outdoors as almost their main kitchen every night. And we were even, we were talking about, you know, what, what, what type of table we're going to put out there, the seating. Cause again, the outdoors is going to be their main kitchen for those times when the, when the weather is going to change and they could be outside constantly. And it's so, so important that you understand that and you give the proper space when you're building that, that outdoor kitchen. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that, you know, at least for myself, you know, I, there is no question that my cooking area outdoors is used dramatically more than my indoor oven probably a three to one. I mean, I just, yeah. it's where I enjoy, it's where I enjoy spending time. And, and it's, there's something that, that is, it is inherently fun or there's a fun aspect to it that is different than cooking indoors. And, and I can't articulate so exactly yeah. why it's just, it's a feeling. Um, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that a thousand percent. Like I would much rather go to my grill outside, work out there, cook, then be inside. You know, I'm, I'm not a professional chef. So, you know, chefs love their kitchen, but I, yep. to me, I, I would much, much rather be outside. As would I. Um, the idea of it, I, I, I'm going to bring in this last sort of subject because we talked at the very beginning about the impact of, of COVID on, on health and, and that type of thing. And I, it's very interesting. Just this morning, I was reading an article about the prediction on uh, rise in caloric intake coupled with inactivity and that this uh, pandemic is the trick the trickle down effect aside from mental is phys physically impacting people in all age groups like my son like your yeah. daughter like lack of movement eating more snacking watching tv playing video games so i think that at the same time the idea of movement and fitness has never been as important as it is today and it's not like this is new it's just been compounded by by this pandemic yeah. And 
I know it is an incredibly important thing for you in your life. You have your own YouTube channel on it. Um, tell me a little bit about how you wove fitness in. So why it is something that you share with your audience versus just doing personally? Um, what let, has this always been a part of you or what do you, what do you do? What are your beliefs on, on training and fitness? I would just love to hear from sure. you how, how this is woven into your, into your life and, and your lifestyle. So growing up, uh, and I talked about it earlier, playing sports, it, it was always something that I always loved doing. I, I, I love the physical activity. I love the uh, interaction with my teammates. Um, it, it was always just a, a, a great experience. And, and now later in, in my life, um, when, of course, you know, not playing sports, not doing those things, not having a team, um, yeah. going, going to, to the gym um, and working out and, and being healthy, it's, it's that, that's kind of what, what my outlet is um, for me to, you know, have all, all that stress kind of get out of my body. Um, mm -hmm. have a nice, you know, calm, you know, call it calm, you know, going to the gym. But that, for me, that is a calming, soothing way to just stabilize myself. Um, yeah, it's physical, but it, it's mental. I mean, I, I think more than anything, it, it's really a mental state of mind um, that it, it, it'll, yes, I'm, I'm working out my body, but my mind is also getting stronger and clear. Um on top of it, I want to I want to have the energy for, for my work, for my children, for my wife, for my family. There's so many things going on. Um, and I think you see a lot of people they get they get so drained and and, and they look tired and they're and you're like, man, I I, I feel bad. Um, it's because they're not taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's so important. You know, you hear it all the time. People saying get, getting the the right amount of sleep. Um, yep. you know, I'm, I'm really big into that. I, I, I always want to have the, the, the right amount of sleep. So I'm, I'm, I'm refreshed and energized and I can do the things I do. Um, but you know, working out also puts you on, on, on a routine and I am a, I'm, I'm a strong believer in those routines and those things that you have to get into. That's why I was talking about my daughter and zoom and school, you know, things are for a lot of people during COVID it, it, it's all over the place. Our, yeah. our, our routines aren't, aren't there anymore. And when you don't have a routine for some people, some people can, some people can get away with it and, and they can get by. But I think for majority of people, if you do yeah. not have a, a routine, you can't succeed and it, you can't move on. Um, I think that's why for our kids, they, they need routines. They need to be involved in that sports, your son going to hockey practices. They need that stuff. Um, it, it centers them. It, 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 it's, and like we said, it's, it's physical, but it's yep. mental. It, it really allows you to compartmentalize your day and understand how to get things done. Otherwise you get very overwhelmed. You know, my wife always, she's like, she's like you, you do so much, you know, you, you have your firm, you have your, yeah, you know, media company that, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing things on social media for, for, for clients. I'm, I am doing a lot of different things. I, my, my days are, are never the same, but it's because I can, I can compartmentalize all that. And I, and I can, I can handle that. Um, it's very difficult for a lot of people to do sure that. Is. So there's also I, I think a lot that's of noise. There's also yeah. a ton of noise in this space, right? I mean, if you were to look at just what's popular, Apple fitness, Peloton, CrossFit, there's a million different Correct. sort of things. And again, I think that comes down often to the same way as the consumer can be baffled at too much choice when they went to go and pick finishings like tile yeah. and there's 700 and I don't want to make the wrong choice. So I freeze when I have too much choice and I do nothing. And I think that represents a lot of, of people when they're overwhelmed, they just, they don't want to yeah, do the do. wrong thing. They do. So if you were, I, I'm going to throw a question at you. If you're talking to someone who is, you know, interested or wants to get back in shape or get in shape, there's a lot of noise in the space. To John specifically, what are the top three? What do you tell Joe Schmo who says, look, yep. I don't know where to start. I, I just need to like do... What do you tell them to get them started? Top three. Yep. 
Number one, you have to get into a, a routine. That's that's like I said before, biggest thing you have to do. You have to have set days. You're always going on those days. It's not like oh well, I, I you know I, I went on Monday, and then I went on Wednesday, and then the following week I I, I didn't go on Monday, and maybe I went on Tuesday. But no, it's got to be a set time, set yep. set day. Get into that routine, and it just becomes second nature. Um, it's a ritual. It, it is. It, it, it's a ritual. Number two. You have to stay focused like anything in life. And I've learned, like we've all learned as we've gone through these years, it is not easy. Gains are not made fast. If you think you're going to work out in three months, four months, five months, and you're going to see a dramatic change, I am telling you, get ready to be shocked. You are not going to see dramatic changes. I would say six, eight months, you'll start to see changes, but you start doing it a year, two years that's when you see the biggest goals really start to be made. I've literally been working out since I've been, you know, I, for, for, forget playing sports, but like going into a gym. I started yep. in high school when I was a sophomore, you know, 15 years old. I've never stopped. I've literally always had a consistent workout. I turned 40 this year. So that's another, that's a, that's, that's a big milestone. Yep. Um, yep. I, I've always had a consistent workout routine, no matter what it is. It could be CrossFit, like you said. It could be yep. it could be riding a bike. It could be anything. Um, and and the last and, and the last thing is recharging your body and getting the the sleep and, and energy you need. So that means eating the the, the right way. I think mm-hmm. um, eating the the proper uh, meals is really 75% of it. it. You know, people say, oh, I have to work out hard. I have to do it. I am telling you, if you do not eat in the proper manner, you can work out seven days a week, all day. Nothing's going to happen. Agreed. Um, and on top of it, if you're not getting the proper rest, well, then your muscles and your body c- cannot grow and, c- and cannot recover. So if you do those things and you do them on a consistent um, schedule, believe me, anybody, anybody can have gains and and really meet those goals. I think your point and the number one is the most important, which is just have a long-term view on this and not get caught up in the, you know, with all respect to the P90X and the 30 days and I do push-ups for 30. It's true, but very few people have the discipline to continue that beyond and then they see the results fall off. So, you know, I think to your point, build the foundation, make it a ritual and focus on a year or two or a decade. And that's when the results really long term may come in and probably also far less chance of injury if you're doing it slow, steady and building versus go, I'm going to go rip out of the driveway at 100 miles an hour. Well, we're not made to do that if we're coming from sitting. So I think it's, uh, I think the point is very well taken. I have people all the time ask me about, you know, getting into a routine and they're like, you know, I I should, you know, I got to get, I got to get there four times a week and I got to get, and I say, hold on a second, start off slow, (laughs) you know, you know, start, if you're not into this and you haven't had that routine, your body's not used to it, start off slow, build up. And, and believe me, you'll, you'll, you'll start to feel it. But like you said before, ripping at it 100 miles an hour, you're either going to burn yourself out or you're going to get injured and then you're not going to do it anymore. And you're going to say, oh, see, I, I knew I knew I couldn't do this. It's like, well, yep. you didn't take the proper steps. Self-fulfilling prophecy in a negative way. Absolutely. <laughs> John, I can't tell you what a pleasure this has been. I want to thank you for the time. I want to thank you for being such a big um a big supporter of Urban Bonfire. I, I don't take it lightly. I, I really and sincerely appreciate it. Um, look forward to uh, speaking to you again and hopefully working with you on a bunch of projects. I really big fan of what you're doing. And uh, I think that you put a lot of good out into the world, whether it's in your professional work, fitness, things for kids about learning about tools. Like I'm very aligned with your messaging. And I think it's, uh, I think it's great that you, uh, you have the humility and the confidence to share it with the world. And uh, I'm, I'm a big fan and I thank you for it. Thank you. I, 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 I really uh, appreciate that. It, it, it means a lot. Um, I can't wait to do more projects with urban bonfire. I, I know they're coming and uh, you know, it, it, and as far as my professional career and, and, and what I do, 
you know, I think uh, if everybody just, you know, isn't too much into themselves, does a little good, um, cares about others, you know, we're, you know, you're, you're going to make this world a, a better place. And at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. I sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I, in every moment, heard and felt John's sincerity, his humility, and his true desire and passion to add value to his clients' lives in terms of home and design and construction and creating the difference between house and the true definition of home. I think he is onto an incredible new project with Lily Shea Design in addition to all the incredible things he's already done in his construction career, in his television career, and in his ongoing social media career. I really enjoyed the episode and I hope you did too. As always, if you have an idea for a guest, a subject, or something you'd like to talk about, please let us know at Urban Bonfire and kindly follow us on Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn. Again, at Urban Bonfire. Until next time, this is Ryan Bloom. Thank you for joining us on the Fireside Chat. Yeah.